Wellington Links rely on partnerships and the amazing work of so many organizations and leaders to achieve our collective community goals. I hold dear the bonds of friendship. We are friends transforming communities through service. implement transformative programs that address the most critical needs of underserved communities. Welcome to LinkedIn Impact with the Arlington Links, a podcast which transforms our community by highlighting the issues, resources, and leaders that you need to know. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of LinkedIn Impact with the Arlington Links. My name is Krista Jones, and I'm excited to host this podcast produced by the Arlington, Virginia chapter of the Links Incorporated. Every year is an election year in Virginia, and our chapter, as well as several of our partner organizations, are working to get out the vote. As someone who has been working to increase civic engagement for decades, I know firsthand the challenges associated with motivating our communities year after year and ensuring they're educated on the issues. Today I have with me founder and principal of JOI Strategies and a member of the Eastern Area of the Lynx Incorporated Legislative and Public Affairs team, Joy Cheney, and Ashanti Golar, president of Emerge, an organization dedicated to recruiting and training women to run for office. They both provide great perspectives on how to engage our community, including getting youth involved and how they engage voters who are unlikely to vote, as well as discussing the importance of running for office. Enjoy the conversation. Thank you, Joy, so much for joining us. When I go to a lot of different meetings with people and they're really interested in social action and they're really interested in um, doing advocacy work and election quote unquote season rolls around, And you always see the same ideas pop up. You know, should we reach out to the churches? Should we post on social media? What have you found to be the most effective way to actually get out the vote? Well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me to this podcast. I want to get right into it, but I just could not, you know, jump in without just saying I appreciate your thinking that I was worthy of uh, offering anything on this topic, which is so important, um, especially in light of uh, my co-panelist here, Ashanti, who um, is such an expert. And I'll leave much of this question to her, but I will say one of the best things I can do, you know, to get out the vote is making it easier for people to vote. So the populations that we are often dealing with in the links, um, because I am also a member, are folks who are likely to vote already, right? They want to vote, but they may have hindrances getting there, right? It may be difficult for them to find a ride. It may be difficult for them to take off. It may be difficult for them to stand in longer lines. We know that African-Americans are more likely to have a long line to stand in. They may need, you know, some assistance making sure that their absentee ballots get in, that they understand the rules and the timeline, making it easier for them to vote um, is really, really important, especially for a nonpartisan organization like the Lynx. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's a great point. And, you know, another thing is a lot of times in these conversations, we focus on youth, you know, the importance 
just making sure they're engaged in the process. Uh -huh. What have you seen as, as helpful to engage more youth, younger people, so obviously over the age of 18, in voting? So the best way to engage them is to want to engage them before they're 18, right? Mm -hmm. So making sure that in your county, wherever you live, that you're able, people are actually able to register provisionally um, to vote so that when they're 18, it's already done, right? It's seen as a rite of passage. You know, you get your license at a certain point, but you also get your voter registration card. You are a full citizen mm -hmm. at that point. I think that's a building real excitement around that. I also think it's important to talk to kids about who the candidates are, right? Mm -hmm. You know, my stepson was very much aware of who the candidates were, what they believed in, what issues they were championing, what issues they weren't. And so that's really important to engage them on it so they believe that their vote really matters and to even go through the process of having them engage on a unique topic, right? So actually saying, hey, we want to know what you think on XYZ if it's an incumbent or if it's a candidate actually asking what, you know, how they view a particular issue, really having them enumerate not just how they feel, but how um, how each candidate really reflects their values, their goals, their vision for the future. And then having them, having you talk to them. I think a lot of times as parents, we make the mistake of um, making assumptions that our children are going to have the same political views that we do. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes they don't, right? Mm -hmm. Even if they're within the same party, um, mm -hmm. they are, and for African-Americans, which is predominant, the group we're talking about, chances are they're going to be in the same party. That said, that doesn't mean that they will have the same views on a particular candidate. So really talking to them about who you're supporting, why you're supporting, and asking them, who are they supporting? Why are they supporting? Really engaging with them is equal. I love that because, you know, a lot of times we do hear about people taking their kids to the polls with them, which is very important for them to see that. But I think you're right. I think the conversation can really go so far in really questioning them and, and getting them to be able to vocalize why they would support a particular candidate or do support a particular candidate. So I think that's amazing. With a lot of groups, there is this fear that there are only certain things, certain types of advocacy that can be done. There's this fear of losing our tax status. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what you talk to groups about when they say, you know, I only want to do like the voter registration drive. That's what I feel comfortable with. How do we get people in our organizations to go a little bit further and recognize there are things that we can legally do? Absolutely. I think this is a case of many of us have a little bit of knowledge, just enough to be yeah. dangerous. <laughs> right. So we've read somewhere that you know, we are, um, you know, uh, you know, we're of the tax status where we can't do any kind of, you know, um, a political activity or extensive amounts of lobbying or we, we have a little bit of knowledge and we're not really asking the leaders of our organization mm -hmm. to advise us mm -hmm. on what the rules are. So that's number one. You're going to be advised by the people who are in the leadership of your organization. And you're going to take their word for it, okay? Do not, this is not a time to lean into your own understanding. One of the benefits of having an organization like ours is that we can speak en masse and we can have an impact. And that means we can advocate on issues. We mm -hmm. cannot advocate for candidates 
or particular parties. And we can't dedicate our whole, our whole purpose can't be that of advocacy. But we absolutely can, you know, champion certain issues. And mm -hmm. your and the leadership, both of the Eastern area as well as the National Links, should be providing advice to chapters on what you can and can't do. Because you don't want to be putting limitations on yourself, limiting your voice, and then everybody else out there who really understands this is using their voice to advocate for the things that they that matter to them. No, we absolutely can advocate for the issues that matter to us, um, both you know at the local level as well as you know, as the at the national level. And you also want to make sure that you are always representing the links and being aware that, you know, not everyone in the links will have the same political view, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to advocate for things that you, that the links themselves have a common understanding that are in keeping with our mission that really reflect the values of the Links Incorporated's members, not necessarily what you yourself in your house may view. You want to be careful about that. You also want to be careful about what you say. You know, are you engaging in speech that really is, you know, not about the issues and is really about partisanship? You want to avoid that, but don't limit yourself to just, you know, get out the vote. Keep in mind on get out the vote. I love that we focus on it. But the reason I started with, it's not just about getting out the vote, encouraging people to vote. It's about making sure that they actually vote mm -hmm. is because when you look at who votes in the country, it's not like Black people don't vote. Right. <laughs> we do. We vote on par about with everyone else, mm -hmm. right? Voting rates are, for the most part, you know, proportional to the representation in the country. So it's not like we just never vote. It's certainly not the case of Black women. We know that. It's about making it easier for people to vote. And certainly any organization ought to be advocating for there to be more equitable voting rights so that no matter where you vote in this country, you're treated the same. Those are the things that we absolutely can all agree on. And so don't limit yourself to just GOTV. It's important, but it's not the whole story. Absolutely. Excellent, excellent points. So I want us to imagine that, you know, it's just, it's the year 2035, sometime in the future. And we actually, this is just a dream we know, have 100% of Black women voting in every election. What do you think are the things, some specific things that we need to do now to get us to that point where it could possibly be a reality? Well, look, if we have 100% of Black women voting in the country, something massive has happened. And, <laughs> you know, and, and everyone else will be voting too. Yeah, I want to say it again. It's not that we, as Black women, aren't voting, <laughs> you know, because right. I think that that's just not, you know, true. We are actually a reliable demographic. I mean, what it would look like is if everyone truly understood their vote was valuable and mm -hmm. that it was something that, uh, you know, whether it's a party or whether it's just you know, elected officials, period, that they could hear, you know, our voice and they understood that not only our voice, but our our dollars, you know, our support, if they don't do what we want, we're, they're going to hear from us. That's what that would look like. It would be meaningful. It would probably mean that we have made, we've restored the power of the Voting Rights Act. We've made it cost something to try to disenfranchise people. It would mean a lot of things that have to happen, but I don't want us to focus on just 100% of the vote. I think that we also have to focus on 
making sure it's easier for people to vote. And I think sometimes as organizations, we focus so much on getting out individuals to vote mm -hmm. that we don't ask why they aren't voting. What's in their way? Um, are people talking to them? Are people reaching them? And we put the onus on the individual as a, putting it on the politician, putting it on the elected official, putting it on um, the, um, the county clerk, whoever is over voting, the secretary of state. So I, and honestly, if you're not a voter, that's what those people are thinking. They're thinking, why don't you inspire me to vote? Mm -hmm. Why should I always have to elect the lesser, you know, two evils? that I don't actually want that. I really want to vote not just for, you know, against someone, but actually for someone. So I'm really, I really want us as an organization on mass to really think about that. And as a practical matter, it would also mean that we're getting our whole family to vote. That's what's so great about Black women. When we, when we vote, we bring several people with us. Bring everybody with you. Bring everyone with you. Ask the people in your neighborhood, whatever. And don't just tell them to come vote. Tell them why they need to vote why it's important to you, that it's a personal favor to you. I love that. I really love a point in our in time when people really realize the value, the value of them going out and vote, voting. So thank you so much, Joy, for joining us. I really enjoyed speaking with you today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. And I love the fact that you have a podcast. <laughs> uh, that makes me think of all sorts of things for the Eastern area. Right. It's a real honor to work with you all. And of course, you know, to work with our area director. And we just look forward to working with you all further and to make sure that we're advocating for the causes and cares that we as Lynx care about. Absolutely. Thank you. So Ashanti, we're so excited to have you on this podcast today. Um, can you talk about what Emerge does and some of your successes? Emerge is the nation's premier organization that recruits and trains Democratic women to run for office. Since 2002, we have trained more than 5,500 Democratic women to run and win, and we've had an impact in 45 states and U.S. territories. I love to brag on our successes, and that includes that we have more than 1,200 alums currently serving in elected office across the country at all levels of government, from cabinet secretaries to members of Congress to mayors, all the way down to school board and water board. We have a focus at Emerge on the new American majority, Black, Brown, and Indigenous women, women of color, as well as LGBTQ women, young and unmarried women. We know that they have been fueling a lot of the great legislative victories, a lot of the great elected victories that we see, and we really want for them to put their name on the ballot. They don't just have to be the voters or the campaign volunteers or staffers. They can be the ones who have a seat at the table. One of the really new innovative things that we have done, and we know that this is going to have a great impact on Black women and the Black community, is our program called Gavel In. It is the first in the nation judicial training program seeking to change the faces of our judiciary by training women to run for judge. We know that the road to the Supreme Court starts at the state and local level. And if we want to see more 
Justice Brown Jacksons, then we really do need to make sure that we are training women at the state and local level so they can ascend to the Supreme Court. And when we look at the overall numbers of women who are judges, they're just a little more than a third of U.S. judgeships. And we know that black women are less than that. So we have a lot of work to do, and I'm really excited to see where this program is going to take off. And it's a huge part of our work on getting more women into law enforcement positions. We need judges, attorneys general, prosecutors, sheriffs, and more to repower our criminal justice system and prioritize equity and restorative justice within it. You know, you all have such a very important mission. I actually founded an organization in 2006 to increase the number of Black elected officials in Virginia. Um, So it's really exciting to see so many people doing this great work. What do you see as some of the barriers to getting Black women to run for office. I have seen a number of things throughout the years, everything from fundraising to building their brand in the community to just having the confidence to run. There are so many unique challenges and barriers to entry that women face when they are running for office and entering the political field. They simultaneously have to address sexism and racism on the campaign trail and overcome power structures that were built and designed to the benefit white men. I'm just very clear that for all of us who are playing in the political system, it is not a system that was built by us. It is not a system that was meant for us. So when we have black women engaging in the political system and especially running for office, we are disrupting the system. And that is what we need more of to make change. When we talk more about Black women on the campaign trail, when it comes to fundraising, canvassing, and public speaking, we all have to take a different approach to that because we have to overcome just the implicit bias that so many people have about us and that we have to face. We are often passed over by major donors, because they think that black women aren't viable or electable. Two words I really can't stand because it's coded for straight white men. We tend to think that is who is always electable and that is who is always viable. We're judged more on our appearance and our presence instead of our policies and our platforms. We know that several black women have faced discrimination at the doors when canvassing have had people call police on them because why is someone like them in their neighborhood these are just some of the things that black women have to deal with and we really need to have the same support system for black women that white men have when they're running for office they have the old boys club and i want to build the new girls network That is what we all wake up to do here every day at Emerge. And we know that by doing that, we will help more black women enter public office. And our Seated Together program is specifically designed for black women who are elected officials who are looking to run for higher office. It was really important for us to have this program as a part of our Emerge 2035 vision, focusing on the new American majority And in that first cohort of See It Together, we now have Congresswoman Amelia Sykes, we have Speaker Joanna McClinton in Pennsylvania, and we have London Lamar, who went from being the youngest woman in the Tennessee State House 
to the youngest woman in the Tennessee State Senate. This is what we do, and we want to make sure we are doing our part here at Emerge to build a culture and infrastructure that empowers Black women and builds a network for them to be successful. You know, I think sometimes with politics, we don't focus on the good. So can you talk about what some of the impact you have seen in terms of women as elected officials? What are some of the impact that they're making? What impacts are they making? When it comes to the impact of women as elected officials, everything is just better when we have more women, more Black women in office. I've never heard anyone say that things got worse when there were more women, when there were more Black women. We know that it just gets better. Women elected officials bring more funding to their districts. They are more likely to respond to constituent requests and they really focus on all issues. When women run for office, there normally is just a one reason why that drives them to want to do it, but when they get in there, they serve everybody. And when you have women from different backgrounds and experiences and insights at the table, bringing to the table issues that have been traditionally left out of decision-making bodies, and allow them to be heard, that's when we get better representation for everyone. And I always feel that it's important to say that women just don't lead on women's issues because women's issues are everyone's issues. And that's why it gets better when we have women in office. Another issue that I have found in terms of training people to run is them not realizing that you really can prepare Some people feel like they're never ready, but I do think there are certain things you can do to prepare. If someone is interested in running in a few years, what would you suggest they do now? If someone is interested in running for office, what do I suggest they do? Well, first is do it. I know that is hard. It is a lot of work, but we need you. Of course, I would love for you to find an Emerge training. You can visit our website at EmergeAmerica.org to find out more about our trainings across the country. We would definitely love to have you in our network to give you that training that will demystify what it takes to run for office. If you don't want to run, but know a woman who should run, then absolutely nominate her. You can also do that at our website. We really just need to make sure that we are telling those women that we see them, we believe in them, and that we want for them to be representing us. It's one of my favorite things to do in this role is asking women to run for office. So if you're listening and you have the bug, please run for office. At Emerge, we really want to ensure that when a woman is ready to run, that we are here to support her with our training and to join our great network of support. And then, you know, I think a lot of us, especially now in the news, there's a lot of news about older politicians. People are wondering more about term limits. People are wondering when they're going to let the next generation take over. How do we get younger people to run for office? When it specifically comes to younger people running for office, I love this. Traditionally, we say that you have to ask a woman seven times to run for office before she considers it. If it's a black or brown woman, you got to double or triple that. 
But young women, they're really just not waiting to be asked. They are doing it. But we still do want to ask them to run for office. Having that encouragement from us is so important. And I will tell this story when I was at an event, I was staffing the Emerge table and this young black girl came running up to the table and she's like, are you with Emerge? And I said, yes, I'm the political director. She said, oh good, I want to run for office and so many women have been telling me to do it and to do the Emerge training. So I'm here to get information. And it just warmed my heart and is a perfect example why I love this work and what I get to do and why Emerge exists because those young women are out there. And I love the older women who empowered her, who told her that she was ready, that she was the right person for the job, that she was the right candidate and encouraged her to run to serve her community. That is just extremely important to have that support and that representation, her running is going to make a difference in other young black girls, young black women, black women in general, who will also want to run for office. Because we just know that when we can all see ourselves in office, that we can achieve it as well. And they feel more encouraged to run and win when they know that they have our support. hope you enjoyed this conversation with Joy and Ashanti and that you feel empowered to think differently about how you engage and get out the vote efforts. For more information on the Arlington, Virginia chapter, please visit our website at arlingtonlinksinc.org and follow us on social media at Arlington Links. Mm-hmm.